This is episode number 12 with the chief running officer of Runner's World magazine, inventor of the Yasso 800 workout, the mayor of running, Mr. Bart Yasso. Hey all Jason here, and I've got a great one for you today. Joining me is none other than Bart Yasso, one of the most recognized faces in the sport of running. He's run thousands of races on all seven continents, yes, even Antarctica, from the Mount Kilimanjaro Marathon to the 56-mile Comrades Marathon in South Africa. He travels up to 45 times a year as the official starter to races all over the country and the world as the chief running officer of Runner's World magazine. And through that job, he's united and inspired an entire generation of runners to lace up their shoes and hit the road. Bart Yasso is an ambassador to the sport of running. His unwavering enthusiasm and motivation has drawn thousands to hear him speak and run races where he's announcing. That enthusiasm is infectious, and today I could not be more honored to bring you my conversation with Bart Yasso. All right, Bart, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. So where do we even start? I'm really excited about this because I consider you one of the more interesting people in the world of running. You've raced all around the world in some of the most beautiful and remote places, uh, you know, Antarctica to Bermuda. You've completed the Mount Kilimanjaro Marathon. So where do we go from there? <laughs> let's I guess let's start <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. Uh, why did you start running in the first place, Bart? Sure, Jason. Well, thankfully, I did start running. Uh, it was about 40 years ago, and uh, I needed a lifestyle change. I was going down the wrong path of alcohol and uh, not living a healthy lifestyle. And when I got into running, I wasn't looking to be a runner. I just wanted to get – I wanted to make change and get fit. And uh, so I turned to running just because I thought it would be the easiest way to, to, to get fit and went out for that first run and man i i just i just enjoyed it and i just took off from there but i had no clue where it would take me i mean i was literally just like everyone else just i thought making it a mile was a big deal i thought if i can go out and run one mile without stopping that was a big accomplishment and i did that but i was wiped out after one mile it felt like a long way to run and uh <laughs> You know, if I was, if someone would have come up to me when I came back from that first run 40 years ago and they would have said, you're going to work at Runner's World magazine, you're going to run all over the world, I would have told them they were crazy. I was just hoping to run another mile a couple days later, never knowing what would, uh, where this journey would take me. But I was very lucky to gravitate towards running because the question I get all the time is, where would I be if I didn't start running, and what would you know? Where would have uh, my life taken me? And I don't know that answer, but I guarantee you this: it wouldn't have been as joyous as I experienced through this running career, and I would have met the great people that I've encountered over the 40 years. So I, you know, I never take it for granted. I feel very lucky that I started this journey, and looking back 40 years, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I don't. I'm not saying I did everything perfectly or correctly, or uh, but you know the the journey where I ended up ended up, you know, chief running officer at Runners World, and as I said, the the 
the greatest part of my running career has been all the people I got to meet from all over the world and to experience their stories and their journeys. It's been uh, it's been a great run, literally a great run. Uh, yeah, and and I look back on my own running career, and I'm just like you. I I feel like the biggest benefit I've received are the friendships that I've made along the way and all the people that I've met. I mean, that's how I met my wife, uh, my some of my best friends, uh, my best man at my wedding. These were all relationships that wouldn't have come into my life if I didn't start running. So it's just such a uh, a sport that I think just keeps on giving back. Now, Bart, when you were just getting started, so you went for that first run and that mile felt like forever, was there a point where... That, that you remember specifically where you started to think, hey, I'm going to keep doing this, and it's going to be more of a lifestyle rather than something I just do occasionally. Yeah, Jason, there, there was a point. I remember when I realized it started to get easier to run like three miles and four miles, and you know, every time as I got fitter, it, it, uh, it just felt better and better, and I just was always an outdoor person, so just being outdoors just really made me feel good. And I always ran on trails right from the beginning. Uh, and so being out in nature, it just all came together. But I do remember uh, one of my neighbors years ago. I used to see this guy run in the morning all the time, and I was inspired by him. And then one day I saw him going down the road, and he had a shirt on that said Boston Marathon on it. And I was like, dude, you ran the Boston Marathon? And, and, and he did, and then that was it. I mean, that was like, I want to do that. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that you had to run at the time. I didn't know you had to run a 250 marathon at the qualify. But uh, I was just blown away that this guy ran Boston. So it was one of those defining moments where I said, okay, that's truly what I want to do. And, you know, I don't think the dreams or the journey started to Boston right there. But it but it planted that seed and then eventually – you know, I realized how fast you have to run and what commitment it would take. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that was definitely one of the defining moments. And then also my uh, my brother, George, who passed away, a young guy from cancer. But he was he was around when I started running. And he was the one who really convinced me and pushed me to say, you can do really well at this sport if you really want to and put your mind to it. And, uh, you know, he really was... Uh, set me on the journey to, to take my running to the next level. He was the one that convinced me I could do it. And then uh, you do the hard work and see what comes out. And it's, uh, you know, thank God I had those those people leading me and shaping the path uh, to get me to where I wanted to go. Right. And you've always said, and you even mentioned a few minutes ago, that, uh, you know, what you love and remember most about running are the people that you get to meet. Is uh is that what is that what's keeping you going today? That's what keeps me running. You know, I've battled a lot of health problems with Lyme disease, and uh, you know, I have a lot of joint pain even when I'm laying down. I mean, I was, so when I go out and run, some days it is pretty painful. Uh, but you know, not running, it's still painful. So, so I still go out there and do an occasional race and get in the miles that my body will handle and. Absolutely, I'm inspired by the running community because if I wasn't so ingrained in the running community, if I wasn't meeting these inspiring people every 
weekend when I go to a race, I just meet so many inspiring people that come up, that overcome so much adversity. Uh, it just keeps me motivated, you know. You meet someone that's battling cancer and they're out there running a race and, you know, you meet these runners that, uh, you know, like a loss of a loved one and they're using running to really get their focus back and uh, keep them grounded. And, and uh, you know, when I meet these people and hear their stories, I, you know, I just say, I just always say to myself, I got to be out there. I got to be, stay engaged in this running community because not only do they inspire me, but I just love the connection. It's a very uh, well, as, as you know, you're you're ingrained in it too. It's it's a very caring group of people. So they really uh, they really look out for each other and help each other. And it's it's a great component to have as a as a backup to uh, to family and friends. Just to have this running community as a it's a huge gathering of friends, so to speak. Yeah, and, and you've met so many different people over the years, you know, everyone from Olympians and, and, and medal winners to, you know, your, your average runner at the local 5K. Is there uh, a particular person maybe that's left a, a really big impression on you that, that you care to remember from the years? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people, but, but it really is people that, uh, you know, that just do more than run the sport. You know, there have been, I've met the fastest runners in the world that set the world records and win the gold medals and but i meet a lot of people who really not only do everything in running but they also take that running outside and and really inspire other people and engage other people and encourage other people and those are the people that inspire me because i i love my role as an ambassador of the sport as much as i liked my role as a runner in the sport years ago and people like Dave McGilvery, the race director of the Boston Marathon, you know, Dave just goes nonstop opening up the doors for people to get them into our sport and help them along. You know, he is the race director of the most prestigious marathon in the country, but he's he's at other races and he's out there encouraging everyone that has the guts to put on a bib number and to go out and cross the finish line, whether they're the last person or the first person it doesn't matter he encourages everyone so people like that i'm really inspired by and that's people i try to emulate and follow their path to uh to you know get people out there that don't think they're a runner and uh, turn them into runners that's uh that's a very special part of my you know and i can do that with my job i mean i have the resources at runner's world to try to help people to uh become runners and you know, when you when that happens, and then you get a note from these people. You know, they send me a email or tweet or Facebook message, and you know, two years ago or a year ago, they didn't even think they could run, and now they're registered in a marathon, or they just finished a marathon. It's really uh, I get those messages, and it's it's really heartwarming, and it's it's fun to play a role in their journey. Yeah, and I think a lot of people underestimate what they're capable of doing in six months or a year because they look at where they are today and they don't know that you know with some smart hard work they can really transform what they're capable of achieving and like you said you know someone who uh, a year from now are registered for their first marathon and they're about to run over 26 miles so there's a I think there's a real power in uh, knowing that when you start running that's not the runner that you're going to be you're going to be a better runner, a more passionate runner, a faster runner, if you just put in that work. 
Yeah, and, and also I think it turns into better people. It just gets contagious and we help each other out. But, but you're right. I mean, I meet these people that come up to me and say, you know, two years ago I was 400 pounds and now they're, you know, I look at them and they're like 150 or 160 pounds, look really fit, and they're ready to go tackle a marathon. And I think two years ago they struggled to cross the street. But, you know, something sparked something sparked them to make the change. And once they make that change, that's when all the good things start to happen. I always say my job at chief, as chief running officer at Runner's World, I just have to get people started in the sport. Once they get started and they go to their local running store or their local running club or their local town and do that first race or first group run, then the running community takes over. And my job is done because the running community is very infectious. And they will encourage these people because they're going to know they're just starting out and they're new to the sport. And someone will gravitate to them and help them along. And uh, But we just got to get them started on the journey. And then that running community takes hold. And then uh, then you're hooked. Yeah. And you've also you've, – you've gone running with two presidents. Is that right? Yeah. Which, which presidents did yeah, you run with? Yeah, uh, well, I know they were. It wasn't just me. They were group runs that happened with uh, Clinton and Bush, and uh, you know there was uh, one of them was at you know like a convention weekend, and a bunch of us got to run. You know, it wasn't a whole bag. It maybe twenty of us, something like that. But yeah, we just go out for a two or three mile run. Back when the presidents used to just run, you know, they run in a secure area with Secret Service, but they were. Uh, they were able to go out and run. Like I know, I know Clinton always talked about running just through the Tidal Basin in D.C. And uh, you know, I'm sure he drove the Secret Service guys crazy when he would do that. But uh, but I think that the security on that stuff has changed tremendously from back then. But I know, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter was a runner. I know he did a five mile race. I remember that classic photo of him almost collapsing because it was a really warm day. But uh, Clinton, uh, Clinton took his running pretty seriously. He wasn't the fastest guy, but he was he was out there doing it. Yeah. It's... And Bush the same way. I mean, Bush then backed off of running and really got into cycling, but he was he was pretty into running for quite a while. Now, Bart, you've hinted at some changes in in running, just as in you know as as presidents go, and you've been is, is so involved in the sport for you know, 40 years, what do you see as some of the biggest changes in the sport, um, you know, as, as maybe, um, you know, broader trends, and then uh, maybe as for training advice, what are, what are some of your, um, you know, best sure. tips for beginners who are just getting started? Yeah, so as far as trends, I mean, clearly the biggest change in the 40 years that I've been around is the percentage of women that run races. I mean, it was a small percentage of women that would be in races when I first started. And to see now to go to a race, you can do a half marathon that women are the majority. And that is a big change. And uh, it's a great change, and it's it's made our, our sport flourish. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing, the other part of it is actually in, like, training. Years ago, everyone ran high mileage, and everyone that did a race was pretty fast. And that changed tremendously when we knocked down the walls of intimidation and encouraged everyone of all abilities to, to, to do a race. And that's when the numbers really grew and the number of finishers at races. And uh, 
you know, the finish lines now are stay open longer than they used to. And, uh, you know, I'm at that finish line. I always say I'm there till the bitter end, till the street sweeper comes. And then I know there's nobody to cross the finish line. Uh, that's a big change from, from the old days because it was pretty serious, pretty competitive in the, in the, when I first started. And now it's, it's still pretty competitive, but, you know, there's, there's just more people out there. And again, it's, there's, uh, you know, people don't run the mileage that people did back in the 70s and 80s, but they're still out there finishing. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a great change to have so many more people out there. It was a pretty select group in the old days. And now uh, there's just so many people. It's, it's the greatest time to be involved in the sport. One of the things that I love about running is that when you add a lot of recreational runners or slower runners or you know, just runners who aren't super serious about trying to be fast, it doesn't diminish the sport in any way. It doesn't take away from the fast times up at the front of the pack. It doesn't take away from, you know, the competitive fields that races can put together. It really is such uh, an inclusive sport, and, and I think it's better uh, the more people we let in. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jason. I mean, that's that's what we have to do as leaders and ambassadors is to – I always say we got to give people the opportunity to engage in our sport and we have to, you know, get people involved and we got to start them at a young age. You know, I just got back from Bermuda and uh, Bermuda does this Friday night front street mile in downtown and in downtown Hamilton and they get all the young kids out there and they encourage kids to qualify for these fast heats and they start these kids at a young age and running is a big deal in Bermuda. And uh, that's what we need to do in the States. We need to involve these kids at a young age so they start a healthy lifestyle when they're young and then they continue it the rest of their life. Yeah, and let's talk about training advice a little bit. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, getting people involved in the sport, um, you know, right now I'm, um, you know, trying to speak to runners who are just starting. You know, they're right. not they're not runners who are running races, but they're really people who are either wondering if they should start this whole running thing or they've maybe tried to go out for a couple short runs uh, and maybe they're doing a run walk method so sure you know as you as you think about these very very new runners what are some of your kind of lessons learned or training advice that you can offer from from all your decades of experience yeah jason first off there are no shortcuts in running you have to really let it come to you you got to take time take it Take time, think long term, and be happy with short gains. So, you know, you just got to, you know, as you increase the mileage, as you increase the speed that you're running, you just have to do it in small increments so you can stay injury-free. And that's what I encourage people that are new to the sport. You know, don't just jump into a marathon or, you know, you know, Pete, go slowly. Take these little gains and be happy with them. And, and again, think long term. And uh, if you can do that, you can stay injury-free, and you can be involved in this sport for a long time. And the other thing I try to encourage people is to put cross-training involved in their running right from the beginning, whether that's uh, a little bit of swimming, a little bit of cycling, head to the gym and do elliptical training, whatever it is, just take a day off of running and but still get some exercise that day. And uh, that's when I think you can – 
stay in the sport for a long period of time. I mean, I, I personally know people like Jeff Galloway and Andy Burfoot. These guys have been running for almost 60 years. I mean, just continuously running for 55, 56 plus years. And uh, that's what I want to do. So to them, I, I feel like a rookie only having 40 years of running under my belt. But uh, but I still see them running, and they look healthy, and they're still very active. Uh, so I use those guys as my role models to uh, to be at this for basically to be a runner for life. So as people that are new at it, you know, just be happy with the small gains, think long term. And, uh, you know, you just got to take it easy and let it come to you. There are no shortcuts. You just can't go out and do it overnight. It takes time. Yeah, I can't agree with that more. And I think uh, what I see a lot of runners doing is comparing themselves with to other runners. And I, I don't think this is the right way to look at things because if we're instead comparing ourselves to previous versions of ourselves, I think that's a more productive way to gauge our progress. And it puts you in a position where you're not so ready to uh, bite off more than you can chew. You know, I, I'm, I'm always talking about the three twos, doing too much, too soon, too fast. Yeah, and that's... I think if you're... Oh, go ahead, just... I was going to say, if, you know, if you can just compare yourself to where you used to be maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, it puts you in a position where you're not going to try to enter a marathon your first week of running or, or another uh, you know, type of race that is just going to be too challenging for you right from the beginning. Uh, so I think that's a really productive approach. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you hit it right. You hit it because that's people do say, oh, I want to be like that person or I want to do what this person did. And, and you might do that, but you're not going to do it overnight. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta stay within yourself. But, you know, everyone goes out there and improves on how far they can run and how fast they can run when they start this sport. So, you know, use yourself as a benchmark. It, I agree with you 100%. That would be the best way to progress in the sport. Let's talk about some races. You have raced all around the world, um, you know, on all seven continents. What's the most memorable race that you've ever run? Yeah, you know, I get that question, and it changes over time. Uh, you know, originally I would, would have answered at the Boston, you know, qualifying for Boston back in 1982 and getting to run Boston for the first time back when, you know, it was pretty – Pretty hardcore. Whenever ever, the guys had to run under 250, the women had to run under 320 uh, to qualify back then. But uh, you know, years later, as time has passed, I do believe it's it's a race like the Comrades Marathon in South Africa, which is a 56 mile race. They call it a marathon, but it's actually 89 kilometers or 56 miles. Uh, but it's a race that's been around since 1921. It's the oldest ultra in the world and the largest ultra in the world. And uh, but it's changed with the complexities of South Africa. You know, during those tough apartheid years, the black athletes were suppressed from doing uh, comrades. But as apartheid walls were knocked down, and the black athletes flourished. And uh, I went over and ran comrades in 2010, and to Stand up at that starting line and look back at the field of 20,000 plus runners and to see the physical makeup of South Africa in the field of runners, to see all the black citizens now given the opportunity to run. Uh, it, 
uh, to me was the uh, was the pinnacle of my running career. It's the most special moment. It had nothing to do with me. It just uh, and it's I was just proud to be a runner to see this change, knowing that running made this change, and uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, I was. I'm really glad you brought that up because when we uh, when we first met in 2014, it was at our Runners World half and festival event in Boston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were at a lunch, and you shared this story about running the Comrades Marathon and how it was such this you know really important race for you. Not because it's famous or because of its you know notorious difficulty, but because of that history, because of you know its history of helping to unite the country. So. That, that is, I think, such a exa- great example of how running can really bring people together. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in my lifetime, apartheid would be one of the most evil things out there. And to think that, uh, you know, runners that I talked to, black South African runners, would say to me they felt like apartheid didn't exist when they ran comrades during those tough apartheid years. And to think that a sport can abolish something as evil as apartheid, even if it was only for 11 or 12 hours as, as the comrades race was going on, that just shows the power of it. And, uh, yeah, I actually got pretty good at 50 miles. My personal best for 50 miles was, uh, just over six hours. So I was able to run, you know, like 720 per mile for 50 miles back in my younger days. So I was always ready to go to comrades and, try to run a fast race but it never happened i uh i entered it twice and was sick both times with my lyme disease in the hospital back home and never made it so when i realized uh when i was ready to step away from the sport or back off as a competitive athlete the the only regret i had that i didn't run comrades so i went over there in 2010 and i wasn't in great shape i knew it would be a struggle but i did get to that finish uh and cross that finish line and uh it was it was a dream and it was very uh very magical kind of experience to to get there to get to south africa to see the changes and to, to be part of it was uh very special you also shared a really powerful story about, I believe it was the Rome Marathon and how you stopped and uh, had coffee with your mother. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably butchering that. that no, no, no. There. You're right. Yeah. Would, no. Would you, would, are you willing to share that story? Oh, I, I think sure it's, it is. It's so incredible. Yeah. yeah if, if someone were to ask me my favorite running photo, it would clearly be a photo I have of uh, right at Trevi Fountain on the – on the Rome Marathon course, stopping to give my mom a hug. It was pretty neat. Uh, I got to see her twice during the marathon, and my mom was a great supporter of mine, and she passed away many years ago. But uh, 2001, you know, we're in Rome, uh, running the Rome Marathon, and she was with my sister and my niece, and they picked this spot at Treby Fountain, which they knew we would pass close by twice. So, uh, you know, they were out there cheering, and I got to stop twice and uh, connect with my mom during the race and she wasn't she didn't know what I was doing when I stopped because she was always used to me racing and I was doing this not as a race just to take it all in and be in Rome and uh, so when I stopped and, and literally you know a dead stop and I had a little sip of coffee I think she had a glass of wine if I remember correctly uh, and then uh, you know I gave her a hug and talked to her and got a picture and then continued on it was uh <laughs> It by far is my my favorite running photo and a memory I will 
have on my mom forever. I got many memories of my mom, but that one, that is my favorite running memory for sure. Yeah, I think uh, now that I have two little kids, I'm, I'm just starting to uh, experience myself how powerful it is to have a very close family member on the side of a race and to see you go by and to be really excited to to see you racing. Um, and, you know, just couple months ago, my, my kids saw me race just a local 5k here where I live in Denver. And it, it just, the look of excitement on their face to see uh-huh. daddy run by was something that, uh, for some reason, I, I'm going to remember that for a long time. Yeah. There's nothing like family and, and to share that experience. Uh, and then I guarantee you someday your kids are going to be out there and you'll be on the sideline the, the baton gets passed and it'll be a very special day. And, uh, but you know you're 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 inspiring your kids. I mean they they look at you every day, and you're setting an example to live this healthy lifestyle and to be active. And they're absolutely going to follow in your footsteps. Well, I think they already are. My 19-month-old was on my foam roller last night. So that's there you a start. go. That's a big start. Yeah, that's part part of being a runner. <laughs> To, uh, no, to be no attached bad. to a foam roller at some point in in, uh, in your running career. Yeah. <laughs> now, Bat, Bart, some, some sad news for our listeners, if they haven't already heard. Uh, you're set to retire at the end of this year from Runner's World. You're the chief running officer. Um, you've been there for about 30 years. And, you know, if people haven't met you, I just want to encourage them to go to a race where you're going to be because – uh, just meeting you and saying hi and, and hearing your stories, I think, is one of the, uh, you know, one of the best parts of being a runner is hearing these these running stories. So, if people do want to come see you before you do retire, what what are some of the big races that you're going to be at this year? Yeah, Jason, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. I will have 30 plus years at Runner's World. I'm at the retirement age, so it is time for me to step away. And there is somebody out there young and ambitious that's going to step into my role and uh you know really enjoy it so you know everything has an end and uh you know my role at runner's world is will end at the end of the year but till then i'm going to still go to a lot of events you know i'll be at the big events like boston chicago new york uh but i also go to a lot of smaller events too i'll be at little rock and shamrock and virginia beach uh you know and i i do my best to communicate through social media to let everyone know where i'm at and uh you know it's it's to me i i do that i do these shakeout runs where we run two and a half three easy miles the day before a race to uh it's a it's fun to meet people when we're not on the race stage or actively racing where you can really get to talk to people and i try to find out people's journeys because uh a lot of the stories you see in the pages of runner's world or on our on our website or stuff we share on social media, you know, I, I met these people and come back and share these stories and then they turn into, into a feature piece in runner's world or a a feature story on our website. And, uh, and that's why I'm out there doing this. You know, the, the stories don't walk in the front door at runner's world. We have to go out there and find the stories. And as you know, there's a, (laughs) <laughs> there's a so many amazing stories out there and a lot of people are they don't think their their journey is a story uh or they're very shy about telling their story 
but somehow I get it out of them, and uh, you know, and then when I see it in the pages of Runner's World, it's it's really cool. And sometimes I play a role in the in the whole story, but a lot of times I just get the ball rolling, and then we get a feature writer on it, or whether it's going to be online or in the magazine or both, or just something we'll share through social media. Now, what's next for you, Bart? What are you doing after 2017 when you're no longer yeah. chief running officer? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope to be a runner for life, so I, you know, I'm going to hopefully run the rest of my life. That's one of my goals. And then I'm still undecided on exactly what I'm going to do after I retire. Uh, I might go to some events, you know, a couple events a year. I still have to make those decisions, or I may really retire and relax. Uh, you know, I'm really not sure. Or I may just travel and not do the crazy travel I have been doing the past 30 years, you know, 45 trips a year. I just made do a couple trips where I really spend a lot of time overseas or so we'll see. I'm still still working it all out and I you know, I got a lot of time to decide what I what I'm gonna do. But I will uh I will have a plan in place probably in a couple months that I can share and figure out what I'm gonna do after I retire. Well we all look forward to that and no matter where you go or what you do, I think the entire running community will be thankful for all of your contributions, and we look forward to, um, in some way, following you along on the next part of your journey. And I'm sure that we'll uh, get some updates there on social media. You're yeah. uh, just Bart Yasso on, on Facebook and Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and, and Instagram the same, yeah. And that's the, those right, are the right. three I use the most, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the three I stay connected with the most. I really love the social media. You know, I don't find it overwhelming at all. I try to connect with people, and I try to help get resources out there, people that reach out to me that, you know, have questions or want help. I do my best to keep up with it all and help everyone and, you know, just keep everyone in the, in the loop. And uh, I just love connecting with people through social media. Yeah, I have to say I'm a little jealous of some of the Bermuda uh, pictures that you were <laughs> sharing on your social media profiles. Here, I'm dealing with a foot of snow in Denver. Yeah, I don't. I always say, I always kid with runners. I say, oh, Facebook and Twitter, it's all about making your friends jealous. Well, we're here in Bermuda and they're shoveling snow back home. But I say that kiddingly. I really, uh, I really like to get people to show them what's out there. So if Bermuda's on their bucket list or Bahamas Marathon or wherever I'm at. You know, there's there's all these great races out there that you can really create your own little what they what we call runcations where you uh, get a little vacation and, and then go out there and do a marathon or half a marathon. Or as like Bermuda you do three races in three days. Which those are those are my favorite weekends when there's multiple races. Three races, triple the fun. Yeah, you know, people get all these medals. Of course, Disney does the dopey challenge where they do four races in four days. And, you know, it just, it just goes on and on and on. And just uh, just tend to meet more people, you know, because there's a new group of people every day or have another opportunity to meet people. And uh, that's why I like those multi-race uh, weekends. All right, Bart. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing some of your stories and your journey, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing what the future will hold for you. Hey, thank you, Jason, and thanks for all you're doing for our sport. These podcasts are very special, and you know you got a big fan base, and uh, you know you you know what it's like. You know we all start somewhere. <laughs> this 
you don't know where this journey will take us, my tagline has always been never limit where running can take you because it's taken me all over the world and I wish that on everyone else. So keep up the great work and uh, I'm sure our paths will cross before I retire at the end of the year. Well, I hope so, Bart. Thanks again. All right, Jason. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And just a quick note before you go. If you enjoyed my chat with Bart, there's a lot more to go around. Find him on Twitter or Facebook and thank him for doing this interview. He absolutely loves talking with runners about all of our favorite subject, running. And I know he'll appreciate it. Finally, I hope this conversation showed you what kind of life changes are possible through running. How you can live a healthier, more vibrant life as a runner. How you can travel to interesting places and meet new people as a runner and how those adventures and relationships can enrich your life. If you're a new runner, don't miss even more inspiration and beginner-friendly training advice on strength running. Just head on over to strengthrunning.com new, and you can get a whole bunch of resources just for new runners. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.